Hi, welcome to R and R Showtime with Robert and Ryan. So today we are going to be doing a movie comparison of the recently released Pixar's Soul, and we are going to compare it with my brother's choice here, uh, Inside Out, primarily, and we're also going to delve into Coco because, like anybody who's talked about this movie. The the comparisons are very similar, particularly between Soul and Inside Out, both directed uh, by uh, Pete Docter, um, a notable Pixar director, um, a director of Monsters Inc. as well. Uh, and so, yeah, let's just let's just jump into it. <laughs> yeah. So, one thing I think about these shows, and I actually maybe learned this uh, in movie making from a YouTube channel I like to watch, Filmento. Shout out to Filmento. Go check him out on YouTube. And is uh, I think these shows are, they're prime examples of how to do concept well, right? So we can see that the concept of not only Soul, but Coco is death, or that's something that they're really working around. It's very integral. I think death in Coco is more treated to by memory and the thoughts about somebody, but... With soul, it's more about the appreciation for life or the life lived, sort of, uh, and how so, that relates to death. So, um, uh, I want to start with first impressions. <laughs> oh, first impressions. Overall, what's your take on um, uh, soul? Yeah, so my take on soul, thought it was pretty good, but kind of got away from me a little bit in just this the story i don't know like something about what they were doing wasn't very solid i mean the kind of weird depiction of the 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 beings i guess i can't remember what they were called the beings from the you know the outs the one the things that manage the new souls and all that the, I can't remember what they're the called Terry's yeah the Terry's or but Jerry's the Terry's or the Jerry's yeah and <laughs> but the fact that I mean like there's some sort of instance of the universe they just occur like that and that's why they're supposed to be two dimensional and they don't like make perfect sense because it's just a perception of them somehow um, it's just, I don't know that that all seemed a little strange uh, overall I mean the movie was pretty good and it teaches a decent lesson I think but it just if you in had some to, ways, it didn't hit me. Perfectly. If you had to assign a 10 score, a letter grade. Um, I'll probably get, I mean, and this is not meaning to make less of Soul, because I still think it's a pretty solid movie. Very well animated, I will say that. Like, definitely, yes. obviously, the, the newest Pixar movie to come out, the animation is excellent. But uh, probably like a five, really. Oh, wow. I, I think you had told me, I think before you had told me like a seven. So yeah. that's, that, that is a... That that is a hot take. Um, uh, uh, what what would you grade Inside Out or Coco? Um, Coco, I gotta Coco's gotta be probably like a nine, nine point five. I mean, it's hard. It's always hard to award a ten because it's like, how do you say a movie's flawless, right? Coco maybe is flawless. Actually, it's it's probably got as good of a story as you can imagine. Everything just works. So maybe a ten, like nine point five, just to give myself a little room for doubt. And uh, Inside Out, I would say. I would give that a nine too because I think story and everything works. I just there's just something about like that inside out. It's apparently the things that rule our mind are joy, sadness, anger, 
disgust and fear. I don't know why disgust is even one of them. Like why it, 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 it's know? a big, that that is a we can get into that, but disgust is an action. It, it is a primal. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's something I you know I'm just not aware of. But at first I was like I don't know why that's a a base thing that that rules your emotions, but maybe it is. So, but yeah. So for contrast, for me, I would probably award Soul about an eight point five. But I'd say like Coco's like 9.75 and Inside Out is probably, while I like Coco more and uh, neither movie is my all-time favorite Pixar movie, Coco and Inside Out are like my two and three. Uh, Inside Out, I would probably say is a 10 out of 10 movie. And having just rewatched it last night, I didn't really have any part of that movie that I did not love. Yeah, no. So yeah, I had to get a refresher on it. I I watched it one time and recall it being pretty good. But we yeah, when we both watched it last night together, I was like, holy crap, this is a great movie, honestly. So yeah, the only reason I again, maybe my ranking is not perfect here. uh, But I give it a nine just because I think there's just some things in Inside Out that don't track super well to me or something. And it's really what it is, is that me overall in any movie things that are like more cutesy sort of feeling don't appeal to me quite as much. It's just not something I vibrate with a little bit or whatever you want to say. And so inside out being very like, it looks more like a kid's movie almost. And so that just loses me a little bit. That doesn't mean anything less about the actual story. It's amazing. Like it's teaching a great lesson. I think every kid should watch it, but that's why Coco Coco even it's, is certainly for kids, but it it falls a somewhat more mature storyline. So I think that appeals to me a little more. All right. Now, get, getting into the discussion as a whole, we're not going to do full, like, lengthy recaps, but we are going to, I am going to try to give a summary of each of the movies. And so spoilers are going to be addressed, but we'll we'll get to the spoiler, spoiler stuff. We'll try to save that for later on, and we'll try to mark when we get to that. But let's start with... Uh, Soul. So in Soul, we see um uh, spoiler warnings. So yeah, in Soul, we see um uh, this music teacher character voiced by Jamie Fox. Um, uh, he has this passion for jazz, and all his life, he's just wanted to be a jazz musician like his father. But he's just working as a substitute music teacher until one day he gets a full-time job as a music teacher, but that's not what he wants. But he gets a call from one of his former students and he, on the same day, gets the opportunity of a lifetime. He gets to go play with a jazz musician in the city and he's so excited and he's going to do it. He's finally going to live his dream. And then he dies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And And then the movie starts. (laughs) Yeah. And we see him, we see This, this is, um, uh, we see him on the sort of, it's like an escalator into it's, the afterlife. Yeah. It's not even the afterlife. It's the end of life somehow. It just is like a giant white hole we, of oblivion. We, they, they, do not, they do not take the time to decide what is afterlife. Really, this movie more focuses on pre-life pre-life and life itself we don't we never get to see what afterlife is in this movie which is maybe the biggest contrast between it and coco yeah this i I think that's being respectful of the fact that i mean there's so many face and who knows what the afterlife truly is so i think it's allowing that open to being it is whatever it's supposed to be but for whatever reason this man's soul is unlike any other soul is able to 
pierce through and gets into this uh, other, this pre-life world where we see all of the, um, uh, I can't remember what they're called. Like the things, the souls before they souls, be- yeah, yeah souls. It's a soul. Yeah. Souls being built and basically being trained to become real people, and they just need to, um, uh, get after they're given all the traits of personality. All they need is a spark of life. And in order to get these sparks of life, we have mentors and some, some souls don't need mentors. Some of them just go pick up a bow and arrow. It shows bow and arrow or, you know, if they throw a ball and they love it and they're going to, their spark of life is baseball or something like that. Um, and really they're not even necessarily trained. They're just like, Hey, you soul walk over there into that little area. And it's going to make part of your personality being frightful or excited or something like that. Dopey. So, <laughs> so Jamie Foxx's character, um, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to find the actual character names for mm -hmm. this. It's going to make it a lot easier. So Jamie Foxx plays Joe. He comes across um, uh, the soul 22 voiced by Tina Fey. Who we can literally assume because all the souls are apparently numbered. And most of the ones you hear are literally like the 22nd soul ever. Yeah, it's the <laughs> 22nd soul ever. So she's been there since apparently the beginning. And it's referenced that essentially 22s had every great mentor you can imagine. Every significant person on the planet that's died has mentored her at some and point. And none of them could get through to her. She doesn't want to be alive. But um, uh, she is willing to help Joe get himself back to life if he helps her to stay not alive. And so through kind of weird circumstances, they get brought back to life. Well, let's watch the movie to find that out. And, and there's... A bit of a body swap comedy to the movie. Yeah. Uh, eventually, eventually, the morals that the the strong theming we get from the movie is to really enjoy life. Um, uh, we see that the day to day living of life is something worth living for. Like it, like even if you're not fulfilling what you think is some grand life purpose, it's the little things in life. And I think that's really what the movie mm -hmm. tries to get at as a whole. It's really not a movie about death it's a movie about life and so in the in the end okay we're gonna we're gonna save some of the in the end stuff but basically the general gist of the movie is about that spark of life what life is worth living for and of course jazz yeah so so i think at this point i mean we can jump into comparison right i don't know if inside out and coco need i mean soul's relatively new so that's uh somewhat of a summary if you haven't already seen it but broad 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 gestures inside out it tells the story of a little girl um it's about a little girl and her emotions yeah and specifically the emotions going from that of a child to her emotions being able to mature and it also is a story about dealing with sadness and it's really, it's really a story about allowing yourself to be sad. And Coco is a story about family and death. And, and remembering those you love and how they can live in your heart. And and, and also about music. They, yeah. There's another tie-in. Um, uh, Soul mm -hmm. is very music-driven. It's a score by um, uh, uh, Trent Reznor, um, uh, original compositions by uh, John Baptiste of... Uh, stay human and Stephen Colbert's the late show fame. Mm -hmm. And so like soul really kind of has everything going for it. It's got the 
director of um, uh, Inside Out. It's so beautifully animated at times. Like you just yeah. think uh, it's the real world. Like even when you're seeing like these clear Pixar characters, the texture on their face, the hair, it's just mm -hmm. so yeah. stunning sometimes. But it just feels, it just felt like sometimes it would just feel a little hollow. Yeah, no. So, uh, I yeah, I would definitely agree with that in one sense. And I, I agree. I think it's really well animated. And it's, again, it like Marvetta said, it has everything going for it. But it's just, yeah, there's something that doesn't hit quite a note. Which is why I like to jump into concept. So, Soul, Inside Out, and Coco, concept. I already touched on this a little bit earlier in the podcast. Again, this is really the, the, the meat of uh, the conversation here to me. So, I got a little jumpy and wanted to get into it immediately. But, Soul, about death. But also, really, about life and appreciation of life. Inside Out, about emotions and that growing up and dealing with those things. These are the concepts that we see through the film and what kind of rule them. Right. And Coco, obviously also about death, but sort of in a different way than soul. I think this is the heart of maybe why, in my opinion, I don't like soul as much. Again, I think it is a good movie. Maybe five out of 10 is harsh on me, but it just doesn't, I don't think it really hits it's marked very well. I think, I think essentially inside out from day, day one in the movie, right? At the beginning it's soul. It's, or sorry, it's not soul. It's emotion. It's joy. Like she is the one that's really narrating. She's the first thing we see and, and we're with her the whole way through. And we see how emotion is taking this girl through her life and how it rules certain aspects and how we care. They characterize these emotions as people, that we can relate to somewhat, but it still relates to real life and how everything that happens to the girl, even though inside her head, it's like, Oh, they're just hitting buttons and they're clicking in light bulbs and they're doing all these things and they're popping memories up. But it's, it seems you could believe what it's saying that there are some little guys running in your head and this is how they're responding to situations. Sometimes that sometimes when you blank on something, you don't remember. It's literally like they can't find the memory ball inside your head. And so that concept just stays really steady the whole way through and has this excellent story that follows through it. And then the co the concept of Coco is very much like built into real like cultural lore of what after death looks like the death and the second death, the way the afterlife is treated through the Dia de los Muertes. Like it like you can't fault the logic of Coco because it's it's grounded in real spiritual beliefs of people. Whereas soul um, uh, takes an afterlife approach. That's like almost so um, uh, it's almost just like, uh, Hmm, why, why not it be like this? Mm -hmm. it, it's so reticent to not make, to not take real life examples of mm -hmm. an afterlife. Cause it's not quite an afterlife that it becomes like almost like, false to me yeah and so here, here's a couple little things about soul just and i might touch on other ones as i go but one thing that jumped out right when he said that was um so our man joe joe he dies he's on this bridge and it's going towards the forever 
And, you know, he sees like two little grandma souls that are like, oh, I'm ready to go on to the next place and all that. And he says, no, I'm not ready. And he starts running backwards on the thing. It's slowly kind of getting closer, but he's running past all these people that are all souls that are ready to die as well. And you're, you're seeing some of them that look like older people, but you're also seeing some that don't. So some that are maybe, you know, died from a different thing in earlier ages. So people that are maybe in a similar position of Joe, right? Someone else that died maybe before their time or something like that. But somehow Joe has a sentience to say, well, I don't, it's not my time. And he wants to escape it and literally just tries to jump off the bridge. There's a force field and all he has to do is just kind of force his way through. And then he falls into the pre-soul. Yeah. So, so you, I thought it was interesting that you wanted to tackle this concept first. I want to take this as a chance to try to delve more into where I think one of the major issues of the movie is. Mm -hmm. And that's um, a character and it's not it's not even that Joe as a character is bad or anything. I think Jamie Foxx does a good job bringing this person to life. I believe he's a real person. It's just that I don't um, uh, understand why he is treated so special throughout this movie. He like so okay, let's take Joy and um, uh, Miguel as counterpoints. Joy like her one motivation, we know her one motivation, it's to make Riley happy. And everything she does is trying to make Riley happy. And we as an audience can be like, you know what? I I, I want Riley to be happy. So Joy must be right. So um, uh, when she makes mistakes and does things incorrectly, you always know she's coming from a good place. Again, Miguel, he just wants to follow his life's passion. He just wants to make music. And we as an audience can very easily just be like, you know what? I love music. His family's wrong. Let let him learn music. Let him go meet his hero, Hector de la Cruz. Um, uh, Hector de la Cruz. <laughs> um, uh, let, let Miguel have his passion. So like even when he does, like the, these two characters are just so... Um, uh, driven by something that you can agree with. And Joe, again, he's driven by wanting to be wanting to play jazz music. But here's the thing. He's playing jazz music before he gets his big break. And, and when we get to the part of the movie where he gets to play jazz music on stage, he's just like, yeah, okay. And the movie... I think the movie's kind of smart in playing that what he thought he wanted wasn't what he wanted in, 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 in a similar way that Joy wanting to make Riley happy and never wanting her to be sad, that's where she was getting it wrong. They try to play a similar thing with Joe wanting to play music but not realizing the little music of life. I don't... I, that It's it's not quite that, but it's kind I, of that. I see what you're saying. I mean, in the in the movie soul joe essentially he's he literally says the words my life just started like the day that he hit that big break and he kind of makes the illusions and says words and things that it, give the idea that like before that big break his life just didn't matter nothing was really that big a deal or important and now it's finally good now it's finally and it makes a point that most people have where it's they're always waiting 
for some sort of special thing to happen when it's you're letting life pass you by. Like you've been living life. Like there have been happy, good moments in life that were worth living. And yeah, that's very relatable. Like I get this guy. Like I, I, like yeah. I think I feel I felt like that guy before. But the fact that he is like a what is he 30, 40 something? He's got to be late thirties, if, if not, not, if not 40s. in his forties. What makes this guy so special that he is able to pierce the fucking veil of life and like? And in his 40 years of music career before he never got found out. And then this one day he got found and I just don't like, it's just hard for me to like this guy's simultaneously a nobody, every man, and also a musical prodigy just waiting for somebody to notice him. And I just don't. They tackle too much. They're doing, they're kind of giving him a little too much in that. He, it's why not, can he break the rules? Yes, that's the, that's sort of the core of it that I personally can't get past. That, like, if he was just if he was the person that broke through this one time, and but like in the end, he still has to handle his death. That's one thing, but and this is where I'm gonna get into the spoiler because I can't talk about this movie without talking about this because it's my biggest flaw with the movie. It dropped it dropped the, my grading of it down a full point. He, at the end of the movie, the Jerry's decide that his, he, he did such a good job um, uh, with um, uh, being Mentoring. a mentor. Yeah. yeah, that they're just gonna let him be alive again. And I recognize that that's the point of the movie. Like if he were to die, then he didn't get to learn his lesson and live his life. But it, I just feel like it's so cheap and hollow. Like it, why did, why it, it's almost like, why did he have this experience to begin with? Like, because had he not gone through this whole process, he would have gone on stage, had his performance, and maybe be a little underwhelmed, but he finally would have gotten what he wanted, and maybe he would have learned a similar lesson. But I don't know. It's just, I don't. Okay, I want you to step in, because you, you're you a lot harsher on this movie than me. I want to know if your issue with the movie is similar to mine. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think that rings true. In that the fact that there's no finality essentially to what happened in the end. So before he is allowed to come back to life, he basically accepts that he the whole point was that he takes 22 and they wanted to get 22's spark. And and using 22's spark, they were going to essentially use his spark. Once she gets the spark, then her thing becomes complete. She has a little pass. It lets her go back to Earth. So Joe wants to get that little pass and go back to earth. He, he wants to take it from her and she, she says, yeah, take it from me. So I, I don't ever have to go. That's the whole point here. And then through them, the living, the life, she realizes that's her spark of life is living life made her want to live life. Again, the fact that he doesn't die in the end sort of robs a bit of finality from the movie. I mean, now, okay, I will say one small contrast. One reason why I, I it, trying to be on the movie side almost that we can see maybe why is he special? Well, we see that when he does come back to life, he's laying on a hospital bed and he's not dead yet, right? 
So maybe there's something a little different for someone that's not quite dead, right? The people that are laying in hospital beds and they're on some kind of life support, maybe they do kind of get some room for a second chance. Yeah, but we, I feel like it's heavily implied that he's a special case. He's the first person to do this. Yes. There are people lying on hospital beds all over the world. Yeah, there, and to think, there have been billions of people that have passed and died in the history of humanity. And again, he's the first one. It just makes it a little strange. I mean, why is this the first time this has happened? Can we talk about how his mom didn't know that he was in the hospital? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just makes the the movie just kind of like forces us to accept a bunch of things and it doesn't adhe- I think it uh, it doesn't adhere to its concept very well that life is to be appreciated or it almost starts getting a little muddy. Like is it more about the death or is it more about life being appreciated? If life was supposed to be appreciated then why did he just get to go? I mean, I guess maybe he got to go back so he could appreciate his life again. Why does why does this person who so like clearly does not appreciate life? It, it, he had such a narrow focused view on the only thing good in life being music. Like, why is this person driven by this one thing? Why is he the special person that you know what? I love life more than all of these people when he himself had to learn the lesson of what life was worth living for. Cause like before that, like, like talking to 22, he's just like, ah, um, uh, I don't know what your spark should be. Clearly it needs to be music. That's the spark. That's, that's everything. And then he tries other things, but like he, his, his heart's never in anything else. Like for him, he, he's so narrowly focused on music being everything. And it, it's just hard for me to get past why him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so again, it, it also comes into, so they, they bring some stuff into uh, a little bit of question. I think they, so again, the soul, he's taking the soul 22 to try and find her spark. If they can find her spark, then he gets her pass. That's how you get the pass as a soul to go to earth. He wants the pass. So he, he can go back to earth and then she doesn't ever have to, cause you don't get another set of passes. Going through the, the when they're in their little they're living again in their little body swap, they eventually she gets her spark of life and it's from living life for she, the spark of life for her to want to live. And that's what the spark of life is. It's not your passion. It's what makes you want to be alive, as we find out near the end of the movie is living life because she had the experience. It made her want to live. So in the end, he says she says, here's the past that you always wanted. I'll stay here. And he says, no you finally found a passion for life. So you should go actually get to live your life now. And 22 is thank you so much. And she goes on to be born and live the life, I guess. Yeah. So I, I, during this time, there is this scene with a barber and where Joe's getting a haircut because of the big performance while they're back in the body swap thing. And he gets his haircut and the barber talks about how he wanted to be, he says, I wanted to be a veterinarian. And 22 in Joe's body, which we have, if we didn't, we alluded to body swap 22 goes into Joe's body. Joe goes into a cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Just how it happens essentially. But so 22 in Joe's body says, well, you, then why'd you end up being a barber? Right. If, if you're, if your passion, if your spark is being a veterinarian, then why'd you end up like this? And he just said, well, you know, you do what you kind of have to, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's basically like, yeah, it doesn't really matter that yeah. that was what he wanted to do. This is what he's doing now, and it helps him, and he's fine and happy doing it. Uh, getting back to this point of, like, living your life, it's not okay if you don't do your passion, and maybe talking to Joe a little bit, where, Joe, you didn't get to 
do your passion of playing jazz. But I mean, but it just, the whole thing just kind of, they say that. And then the fact that it's inconsistent about like, okay, so the spark isn't your passion. It's just what much, what you makes you want to be alive. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm rambling. Maybe this doesn't make ton of sense. Maybe you see where I'm going. It just, yeah. So things aren't totally consistent. It, it's not all, I don't really see how they tie everything perfectly back into wanting to live your life and how that makes it okay. Like, oh, you, your spark is this, but it's okay if you just do something else as long as you liked it. So, okay. Taking from this, I actually kind of want to get into one of the things about Soul that I haven't touched upon that I think the movie, I actually like about the movie, and that is Tina Fey as 22. I think I actually really like her. Again, it's one of those things where we can do the comparison to Inside Out. 22 is not entirely visually similar to Joy, but they have that sort of like wonky, not a person, little kitty, rounded shape body characters played by Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, like very obvious, like connection between those two. I cut 22 as a character. Uh, I liked, I liked 22. 22 was kind of the driving force of the movie really before 22 becomes a character we have joe again this he feels real he's just not something i relate to 22 is is actually interesting to me and 22 kind of teaches joe more than i feel like joe teaches 22 20 22 doesn't get mentored by joe 22 mentors herself just she just needed the chance to be able to experience life. She didn't understand life because she couldn't live it. She doesn't learn anything from Joe. Yeah. So again, it just comes back to what's the point of Joe, you know, like almost, I mean, it gave me that. But, and I, and I suppose that it it makes sense. The the, Joe is the protagonist that's supposed to learn. And 22 is the, 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 um, uh, the, the 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 character that helps Joe to grow very much so like sadness or um, I don't think I don't think Coco quite has that um, a parallel. Twenty two is like the sort of sadness character, even having a very similar arc to at some point them at some point Joe and Joy Joe and Joy sort of pushing off that person to do to be selfish and do what they think is right, causing causing the other person to be spurned. And eventually them coming back, having a very similar arc of like, no, I need you. You, I, you need to listen to me. Like you were right all along. You, yeah. Which thinking about that, it makes soul even a little bit more similar to inside out. Yeah. Similar in a almost kind of lazy way. Like um, 22 actually is remarkably similar to sadness, but just with a little bit more personality. Like I, I wanted to compare 22 to joy, but 22 is more like sadness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're both semi-apathetic characters in the beginning that don't, they don't think life or something's worth it. Kind of, they don't, again, they are catalysts for change that need to happen in the main character. We could say is life. Yeah. In both movies, we don't quite understand how significant this character is and more so Joe and joy don't quite understand how significant 22 and sadness will be for their personal growth until they just 
experience it and they understand that 22 sort of childlike innocence to the world helps Joe to recognize how important life is and sadness's ability the need for sadness to get past negative emotions allows for joy to exist so yeah they follow similar arcs in that way i just feel like it's a lot cleaner in inside out because mm-hmm. it really is just that one inside out really is that one theme and another thing yeah uh, inside out adheres to its concept of emotions and how they affect us and how important they all are the range of them because by the end of inside out the sort of the moral of the story is is that all the emotions are important uh, joy thinks no sadness as much if we can have all joy every day that's the best thing but and it shows again as a child like moving into their teenage sort of years growing as an adult like real grown people have complex emotions things to make you angry and happy and, and complex personalities that's why you see the destruction of her her child personality islands yeah and and then rebuilt but then more complex ways that's, yeah and there's more of them friendship comes back with as but with the anger says oh i like that new addition as friendly argumentation right again yeah. that's a thing you can be somewhat heated with a friend of yours but it can be almost good having a discussion that's just one little example. When you're a kid, you feel one emotion at a time. When you're an adult, you can feel complex, complicated, nuanced emotions between sadness, joy, anger. But in order for that to work, you need your emotions to work, work together. Work in concert. Yeah. But, but uh, and those are like higher level aspects around the core of joy and sadness. We get that it's just such a tight clear theme sadness is important sadness is important everybody needs to feel it and it's okay to feel sadness so that you can move past things like the movie is complex enough that we get all of those layers into it but if you took away one thing from the movie is that it's okay to feel sad sometimes if i were to take away one thing from soul i guess it is to enjoy the little things in life but it does it in such a it, it gets there in such a convoluted way where the story before it didn't really lend to that theme so much so that it kind of had to spell it out. Yeah, exactly. It, it, that's my point is that it just doesn't adhere to its concept all the way through. I, maybe I want to give some credit to soul. It's tackling a bigger thing. I mean, soul is literally trying to do this. Oh, pre soul literally about souls and death and life. And, and in the end, you do get it. You, you understand it's about you know, appreciate the little things in life, but it just doesn't, the whole movie, you're not exactly seeing it. And again, like Ryan just said, you have to spell it out. It has to be like made certain that everybody gets it by the end. Another, another thing that I wanted to touch upon earlier is how I think just thinking of Pixar movies in general but especially in Inside Out and Coco, there is a very, there is always some element of family being really important to, to the growth into characters. Like family is incredibly important in Coco and he takes his family for granted, but in a way it's his family that helps him through the movie and helps him at the end of it inside out like part of the reason sadness is important is because riley needs to be able to show her sadness to her parents before they can understand what she, what's happening to her like when she's angry they just think she's angry when she's 
um, uh, disgusted. And or... when she reacts in all these ways, they just think they don't understand. But it's not until she's able to just be sad that she's able to really connect with their family. And in this movie, the family is just so he just Joe as a character just seems so resentful kind of of his mom like that it doesn't even feel earned when his mom drops what she's doing to make sure that he can be what he needs to be because like he just he, he not only seems resentful but not appreciative of what she's saying now I, I he gives like a heartfelt sort of uh speech through 22 and when, when he's in his body saying to her how he this is his passion and this is what he was meant for and all these things and yada yada that kind of gets through to her but her her real point is that she lived her his dad is a famous musician i believe a real named jazz musician that i can't quite recall at this moment but and she makes a point like when your father even if he was great at jazz what paid for him to be a musician all the time was this tailor shop and she's all she wants for her son is to have a good a life and be able to afford what they're doing. She doesn't want him to have to struggle. And they had to struggle in the early part of her business. And she is doing well now because she works so hard at her real, again, real job. And, you know, being a musician is real and it's definitely worth doing. But, but her point is she just wants her son. She wants what's best for him. She thinks she knows what's best for him. And he has to make the point. No, da, da, da. but in that sense, it's like, how are you 40 years old and you're not getting this from your mother? Like, yeah, and, and why haven't you already had this conversation with her? <laughs> and the clear point is, his father had his mother. He has his mother, and how long is his mother going to be there? And really, like, I think because it's a kids' movie, like, it doesn't really touch on upon the adult realness of Joe's situation. But like, at the end of the movie, we don't know what he decides to do, whether or not he's going to take that job or if he's just going to play shows but i feel like what he really the arc should have been and the arc set up was he should have embraced being a teacher because that's what he's like like he's good at being a jazz musician but like being a teacher has so much more meaning to it and mm -hmm. like it can actually keep him afloat and he's changed the character, the character that gets him his audition with this female musician mm -hmm. is one of his old students. And like, if not for him being a teacher, being a such an effective teacher that he made an impression on this kid, even as an adult or this other kid that comes up and says, oh, I don't want to play this instrument anymore. It's not cool. But hey, look, I... I've been practicing and I'm really good at it. And you know what? I think I'm going to do this. Like he has that real effect on characters. And like, I wish like it could have the, maybe the message be him accepting that that's his, it's not his purpose, but that's where his life should have taken him at this point. Cause it's clear like, yeah, he can play good music. He had that one good show that once he got out of the show, he seemed kind of underwhelmed with it. He was like, yeah, that was good. Um, what now? That sort of underwhelmingness, like if it was, and I appreciate that that was his reaction, but it's never spelled out what he's going to do with that. Like what did he, was he like, yeah, I can just go do that again every night for the rest of my life or yeah, 
Um, maybe that's not what I wanted it to be. Maybe I should go do keep doing that thing that's making a real impact. But I feel like his teaching, it's highlighted enough to show that him being a teacher is important and it's making an impact. But it's, I don't think the way that the movie implies it, I don't think he's going to take that full-time teaching job. Yeah, I mean, and it just leaves us so strangely open-ended at the end of the movie. It doesn't give us a, I mean, he's back to life. Cool. I mean, everybody likes it when uh, the great, the character gets to be alive again. But again, I think the movie would have been far more mature and nuanced if he died, if, if he had to appreciate it by 100%. Like uh, maybe if before he went off to die, he kind of had some idea of what his life was going to be. But when he decided to give his life back to 22, he, he really, he, he went into that prepared to die and it should have been like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. It's again, I just think that in some ways it's that all the points there, it almost is hard to talk about and get to the, the real root of what exactly is not ideal about soul in some ways, but you're understanding the, uh, the frustration here, frustration with some parts of the movie that just don't, you know, it come through in the right ways. It doesn't come all together for me. And mm -hmm. that's sort of the core of it. And that's why I really put it. So originally I told my brother seven out of 10, because when I first watched, it, I was like, well, it's still got a good message. And there's a couple parts that kind of pluck at your heartstrings a little bit. And I, I appreciate that. Uh, and, and I would say in a way it has more mature themes, which would lend to me personally enjoying it more. But the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, because when I watched Inside Out, which, again, I don't particularly appeal to things that seem cutesy and joy, you know, like all the everything you're seeing is all bright colors and yada. But it does have a very it still has a very mature sort of thing going on in it. And it just is so well put together. I mean, Inside Out definitely got to my heartstrings, definitely had me shed a little tear at certain points and kind of make, you know, maybe I choke think, up a little bit. I think every child should watch Inside Out especially yeah. ones around the Riley age. I think every child should watch Coco, especially mm -hmm. around Miguel's age. I don't, I, I don't think anybody needs to watch soul to get much out of it. I mean, I, I think, I think soul is marketed. It, it's a kid's movie that's targeting adults. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and Pixar movies kind of are that sometimes, but it's, I, I just like very clearly, I don't see this appealing to children. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be a little over the top for their, for them to understand like how's, how's a child going to not be, they already appreciate life. So you're not even really, I mean, you're just marking it to a different demographic. One thing, Hey, I want to actually make a point of is love the African-American representation in the movie. You know, it's really excellent to see that. I like I mean, bringing in, you know, jazz, uh, making that an important thing. I love jazz music. So, I mean, that's, that's a great thing that they do with the movie. Yeah. But again, I wish that the movie was better for what it is. Yeah. I mean like the jazz in it, like, I, I appreciate that it's it, it doesn't just do the Coco thing where the culture is everything. It's it's the more it's almost the more mature thing of this character gets to be black within black culture without it being a black movie. Yeah. Yeah. The movie, the movie like he is black and his family's black and he goes to the black barbershop and he plays jazz music, which isn't it. I mean, it is. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's rich in the culture, mm -hmm. um, uh, but it's just a guy living his life. It doesn't yeah. like it doesn't make it like this is a this is a black movie 
or anything, which is great and fine. Like, yeah, he doesn't need to be black. And the point of the movie is not that he's black, which mm-hmm. is, I, I think is a good thing. It's one of the good things about the movie. It's why I still rank it pretty high. I just mm-hmm. like it's I just think it's kind of a thematic mess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it just it doesn't come through as well. You also, know, I still appreciate it, but it's definitely not a movie. I watched Inside Out last night. Again, it was actually really probably the second time. And I'm like thinking, wow, you know, I would actually watch this again in the future. I don't know if I'm going to go back and watch Soul again. You you mentioning the pulling on the heartstrings. This is probably the last point I want to make. Um, in movies, sometimes there are sad moments that and you can you can see they want you to cry. This is this is manufactured to make you cry. Pixar is great at it. First 10 mm-hmm. seconds of up. Bing bong playing the song for Mama Coco, all that jazz waterworks. There is that moment in this movie where all that jazz, huh? (laughs) There is this moment in the movie where you not only get this like sort of meaningful life and fulfilling message, but you get this sort of montage of images and it just felt like I did start to feel the feelings, but like it took me out of the movie that it was just so manufactured that the it's specifically the montage of images that like you don't it's not really used in that way within the movie in any other way it just feels kind of forced to make the moment feel bigger than it is yeah now i will give a little credit though that they are playing back to we did see those images before right he goes to like a hall of memories and he sees a bunch of his memories and we're looking at almost the same memories before, but but before he's like, oh, look at these dumpy, bad, not great memories or these simple look at my life. It was nothing. Yeah. And you see the same memories in this new light where it's no, my life was something. Look at these memories. But it's sort of that it's that pullback. Oh, right. It's that pullback image of like the universe mm-hmm. where I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. It's that moment where I'm like, this is really beautifully animated and really deep and meaningful. And I want to like this. But God, does it feel pretentious? Yeah. And I, here's what I think almost might have made that moment a little better. And and he, Ryan, I think you're entirely right there. I think it is, it just is so putting your faith, like here, look at all these things. If he, if, if they had taken it actually literally back to the hall of memories, if he just, in, when he's sad or moping around or whatever, oh, I love that. had strolled <laughs> through, through the hall of memories and went back to look at his memories and then saw them all in new light, that'd be more of a showing us, not telling us yeah. kind of moment where, okay, we're seeing him literally go look at those memories again, not just bam, 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 bam. Here's the memories in a flash thing before. So yeah. it might have made it a little more genuine, a little might have meant a little more. So uh, differences, genuine. Yeah. yeah. So I think. Uh, I think I th- I think I have more to say on this. And this is where I kind of want to say if we if we end up getting listeners, I'd like to hear some opinions on it. We haven't set up an email yet, but if you have questions, go ahead and get those rolling. I might, I think I'm going to try to put these up on YouTube. So if we get YouTube comments, um, I'll leave questions there. Um, if we get a email set up, we can um, uh, start asking for questions there, but just, I I'm genuinely curious. I, I know most people love this movie. Like I best friend and I, we watched it together and they walked out of it saying it's top tier Pixar to them. And I kind of want to hear more broad after hearing our arguments, I want to hear what people have to say that just disagree with us or even people that agree with this. I want to know, like, are we alone? Yeah. Or even maybe clean up some of my thoughts. I mean, I know I wasn't probably mm-hmm. perfectly on point with everything I was saying as I was trying to work through it a little bit in the discussion, but I'd like to hear maybe somebody agree with us or disagree and, and 
take what we put here and uh, let us know what everybody else is thinking. I agree with that. All right. So um, uh, I think that's it. So signing yeah. off for the R&R. Showtime. Uh, showtime. Yes. Uh, this is Ryan. This is Robert. Uh, see you next time.